Judges chapter 7. We're going to read together for verse 20 through 22a. We're going to read from the Complete Study Bible today. I want us to share these passages together. God has a word in, in season for us. Very practical word today. We're going to have a great time. The three companies of Gideon. Let's read together. The three companies of Gideon blew their ram's horns and shattered their pitchers. They held their torches in their left hands and their ram horns to blow in their right hands. And they shouted a sword for the Lord and for Gideon. Each Israelite took his position around the camp and the entire Midianite army began to run and they cried out as they fled. When Gideon's men blew their 300 ram's horns, the Lord caused the men in the whole army to turn on each other with their swords. Come on, that's the God that we serve. The battle belongs to the Lord. Verse 21, each Israelite took his position around the camp. These words have been stirring taking our position. These words have been stirring in my heart for some weeks now. As each Israelite took his position around the camp, as we saw last week from 2 Chronicles chapter 20 with King Jehoshaphat and the entire nation of Judah, so here in Judges chapter 7, we have another one of the greatest military breakthroughs recorded in the Bible. Gideon's army reduced from 32,000 to 300. It's facing an enemy of ginormous proportions. Verse 12 of Judges 7 says, now the Midianites, Amalekites, and all the people of the east had settled down in the valley like a swarm of locusts, and their camels were as innumerable as the sand on the seashore. 300 men, along with Gideon, are facing an army of Midianites and Amalekites, as well as all the peoples of the East, it says, <laughs> who had come to the Valley of Jezreel like a swarm of locusts, and their camels are without number. Actually, this has been going on for seven years. For seven years, if you read the ch chapter 7, for seven years, the Midianites and the Amalekites have been a terror to the Israelites with Gideon and his friends hiding in caves for fear of their lives while this lot came through killing and pillaging. The Midianites and the Amalekites have been invincible. Israel has been powerless to do anything to stop them until now. 
until now. And under Gideon's leadership, these 300 men, this army reduced from 32,000 to 300. They go on a surprise attack at night, giving them a tactical advantage. And I want you to notice the order of events here. Gideon, it says he put in each man's left hand a torch. And he covered that torch with a pitcher. And then in their right hand, he gave them a ram's horn to blow. And at the exact moment, Gideon and his company of a hundred, they lead the way. And so Gideon with his hundred men, upon his command, they break the pitchers, exposing the light, they hold up the torches in their left hand. The right hand, they hold up their horns, and then they follow this with a shout saying, a sword for the Lord and for Gideon. A sword for the Lord and for Gideon. That's in verse 20. And right there, the verse ends. A sword for the Lord and for Gideon. Exclamation mark. If you read it in your Bible, verse 20 ends with an exclamation mark. A sword for the Lord and for Gideon. And even though the sentence ends with an exclamation mark, we don't read of any breakthrough happening. Holding their torches in their left hand, the ram's horn in the right hand, and shouting a sword for the Lord and for Gideon, we don't read of a breakthrough. The breakthrough comes after the next verse. The breakthrough comes after verse 21, and here's what it says. Each Israelite took his position around the camp, and the entire Midianite army began to run, crying as they fled. God's Word translation says it like this. While each man kept his position around the camp, Everyone in the Midianite camp began to run away screaming. Somehow you don't think of soldiers screaming, but the Midianite camp began to run away screaming as they fled. Once they positioned themselves, after having held up the torch in the left hand, the ram's horn in the right, shouting the sword of the Lord and of Gideon, which interestingly, there were no swords. Gideon had no sword. None of his warriors had swords. They had torches and horns. Their position was to become their sword. Because in holding their position, the Lord caused the enemy to turn on themselves with the enemy's sword. Oh, this is good. And once they were positioned, they blew the ram's horn, and then the Lord caused the enemy to turn on each other 
with their swords. Today is part two of the series Positioned for Breakthrough. 2023 is our year of breakthrough. Come on, we're only in the month of May. We have so many breakthroughs still ahead of us this year. It's exciting. And this, this, this term, positioning for breakthrough, has just been stirring in me. And I want to continue to minister on positioned for breakthrough. As I'm going through the scriptures, I see again and again so many of the great breakthroughs that occurred in the Bible occurred because men and women positioned themselves. Now, I want to make a statement, and I, I want you to really take hold of this because this is so powerful. We're going to really break it down in this message a little bit more in a, in a few moments, but I want you to take note of this. This is important for you to remember. I might test you on this next week. In Scripture, divine sovereignty and human responsibility always go hand in hand. In the Bible, divine sovereignty and human responsibility always go hand in hand. Breakthroughs come to us when we take responsibility to position ourselves, when we position ourselves intentionally, not just by happenstance, but when we position ourselves intentionally, taking responsibility in the Bible, divine sovereignty, the display of the power of God in bringing breakthrough to individuals and to nation, and human responsibility always go hand in hand. We need to learn to position ourselves. We really do. We need to learn to position ourselves. For example, let me give you a few practical points here. You cannot expect to get out of debt until you have positioned your spending habits. Come on, this is, this is going to be real practical today. I want you to hang in with me. You cannot expect to get out of debt until you have positioned your spending habits to pay off debt. See, you can pray all day and say, God, get me out of debt. But remember, divine sovereignty and human responsibility go hand in hand. You position yourself by saving your money. You position yourself by saving your money, S-A-V-I-N-G. You position yourself by learning more about finances. 
you position yourself about learning more regarding the stewardship of the 90%. This is how you position yourself to get out of debt. You position yourself by stop buying everything that your sticky little fingers. Come on, can I tell it like it is? I don't don't want you to disconnect. I want you to really stay with me today. You position yourself by stop buying everything you think you cannot live without. Have you ever found something you just can't live without it? You can't live without it. And you don't have the money for it. You know you don't have the money for it. Oh, I feel the Holy Ghost right here. And you're standing there and you're wondering, how can I do this? And you, you're looking at Impesa, you see that your balance is... You're thinking, who can I call? Who can I call? And you, you, you work, and you strive, and you finally get the money. You buy it. Four weeks from now, you don't even remember where it is. You've, you can't even find it. It's like, why did I do that? You guys look so guilty, but I'm going to keep. Here's another one. You cannot expect to lose weight until you position yourself in a gym. But the first thing you must do is you must push back from the table. That's how you stay. That's how you begin this positioning. You change your eating habits. Mm-hmm. You cannot expect to grow in your relationship with God until you have positioned yourself in prayer. You cannot expect to grow in your relationship with God until you have positioned yourself in reading the Word of God. Until you have positioned yourself in a cell, a small group. Come on, you cannot expect to grow in your relationship with God until you position yourself in prayer. There's no shortcuts to this, guys. We all walk the same path. We all go down the same road. You cannot expect to grow in your relationship with God until you position yourself in Reading his word till you position yourself in relationship with others through cell. When it comes to positioning ourselves for breakthrough, no one teaches us greater lessons than Ruth in the Old Testament. We began to look at her life a little bit last week. Ruth. As you know, her her book is four chapters long. She was a woman from Moab. Moab was a pagan, idol-worshiping, God-forsaken land. And this woman encountered 
tragedy in her young life. She ended up, at the end of the first chapter, she's broke, she's single, she's hungry, she's lost everything except her mother-in-law, Naomi. And even her mother-in-law tried to persuade her to return to her homeland. But because this woman positioned herself, she encountered breakthroughs to such a degree that she ended up in the lineage of Christ, the Messiah. It's amazing. In four short chapters. And it all begins, her breakthrough came because she positioned herself. And we're learning some life lessons, some very practical lessons from her life to position ourselves for breakthrough. I decree over your life many more breakthroughs this year. Come on, I mean supernatural. I really feel that stirring in me, supernatural, not natural, but supernatural. Looking at it in the natural, there's no way, but by the divine power, the divine sovereign power of, of God, I believe in Jesus' name for breakthroughs coming into your life. We read last week in verse 2 of Ruth 2 that this lady Ruth goes to, her, to Naomi, her mother-in-law, and asks Naomi, she asks her to let her go to the barley fields. It was the time of harvest. And she asked if she could go to the barley fields to gather the leftovers among the grains that had been left behind. And of course, we learned last week that at this time in history, barley was the common man's bread. It was used to make bread for the common everyday individual. And she asked Naomi to let her go to the barley fields to gather the leftovers. And from that, we learned that to position ourselves for breakthrough, do something. Do something. Now, I want to clarify a statement that I made last Sunday, and I made it, and I said it this way, that you can only fast and pray for so long. I want to bring some clarity to that statement because I never want to belittle prayer and fasting. And I said last week, you can only pray. You need to do something. You can only pray and fast for so long. Miss Amy, this week as we were sharing, she helped me to see that there are times in our lives that prayer and fasting is what you are to do. And there's really nothing more that you can do. Or she helped me to see that there are times that you want to do something. You want to do something more but God will say to you, fast and pray. And that is the something that you are to do. So is that all right? Can I bring the clarity to that and help us to grasp that so that, you know, Jesus himself said, this kind cometh not out, but by prayer and fasting. And so there are times where you really want to do more and God is just saying, trust me. Just pray and fast, and that becomes your something. So keep going. Amen.
Now today, Ruth chapter 2, this is where we ended last week, verse 5. And I'm going to pick up on something today that's so cool. Boaz asked the young man in charge of his reapers, who is this young woman? Boaz asked the young man in charge of his reapers, who is this young woman? The young man answered, she's a young Moabite woman who came back with Naomi from the country of Moab. She said, please let me gather grain. I will only gather among the bundles behind the reapers. So she came here and has been on her feet from daybreak until now. She just sat down this minute in the shelter. I want you to notice this last part. She came here and has been on her feet from daybreak until now. We don't know when the now was. She just sat down this minute in the shelter. To position yourself for breakthrough, number two, you need to possess, we need to possess and maintain a good work ethic. To position ourselves for breakthrough, we need to possess and maintain a good work ethic. The second lesson that Ruth teaches us is that if you want to position yourself, you must not only just do something, but what you do, you must do it with a good work ethic. Come on, this brings balance to what we need to understand here in this year of breakthrough. Yes, it's important to just do something, but we need to take it a step further. It's not just only doing something, but what you do, do it, with a good work ethic. You cannot expect God to bring the blessings and breakthroughs to your life and remain slothful. I love it when it starts to get quiet like this because this is a word that we need. You can't expect God to bring the blessings and the breakthroughs into your life and remain passive and remain tardy, and dare I say the word, lazy. You cannot, I cannot expect the blessings and breakthroughs in my life and remain slothful, passive, tardy, I show up late, I leave early. She has stayed on her feet. She came here from daybreak. Come on, we're talking about God taking an individual who did not have the pedigree, did not have the background, has come from a pagan land, has lost everything, hungry, having no bread, out just collecting a few grains to take home, having no idea that she is in Boaz's field. She has no idea that her life is about to be radically changed. The woman had a great work ethic. And it's, this is what positioned her that by the end of the book, she's in the lineage of Christ. She's married to Boaz. You can't expect, and I can't expect God, I cannot expect God to bring these blessings and breakthroughs and remain passive or 
tardy or lazy. A good work ethic will get you noticed. And it will position you forward towards your destiny. Who is this young woman? A good work ethic will get you noticed and will position you forward towards your destiny. I truly believe that believers should be the hardest working of every employee in the office. I truly believe that Nairobi Lighthouse church members should be the hardest working people in the company. And if you do so, you can one day own the company. Why not? You know, in verse 4 of chapter 2, right after Ruth just so happens to get to the field that belonged to Boaz, and Boaz just so happens to show up in the same field, and he notices Ruth. You see, God is always up to something. He pulls his supervisor to the side, and he asks him. Boaz pulls this supervisor to the side. This is in Ruth chapter 2, verse 4, and he says, who is this young woman? Now, this question can be one of two things. Either Boaz is a very concerned and caring owner, or... He has this little thing for her. He's either a very care. Who is this young woman? He's either a very caring and concerned owner, or I was reading some notes from a black American preacher who was preaching on Ruth, and he said it this way, or he's got this little thing, this little thing for her. I think it's probably the latter because of the way the question was asked in in verse 5, most translation, most translations, that it doesn't read who is this young woman. It reads whose is this young woman. Big difference. Watch away. Who is this young woman? And most translations read whose. In fact, the New English translation says to whom does this young woman belong? I think there's a little thing going on here. And notice what the supervisor did not say. Now, you have to understand, these are two men talking. I said these are two men talking. And notice what they did not say. Notice what the supervisor did not say. He did not say this attractive, single Young lady is Naomi's daughter-in-law. No, he began to tell Boaz how industrious and how hardworking she is and how long she has labored, not even taking a break until this very minute, Boaz. So if there was a little thing happening, her work ethic is what attracted the man. Because every man is looking for not the one who lays around all day and does nothing, but who has a good work ethic. God instituted work with creation. Do you know that God instituted work with creation prior to the fall? Let me finish this up. In Genesis chapter 2, verse 15, the Lord God took the man and put him in the Garden of Eden to work it. Everybody say work as though you're not afraid of the word. 
God took the man and put him in the Garden of Eden to work it and take care of it. After Adam and Eve sinned, work became toil. It was only after they sinned. In Genesis chapter 3, verses 17 through 19, it was only after they sinned that work became toil. But work itself is included in the very good part of creation. Throughout the Old Testament, God gave the Israelites specific instructions about how to do their work. All through the scripture, we could go through this and take great time on teaching on a work ethic. He also gave instructions, God did, about providing for those who had less. And this is where Ruth's story is applicable right here. Leviticus chapter 23 and verse 22, when you harvest your crops on your land, do not harvest all the way to the corners of your field. If grain falls onto the ground, don't gather it up. Leave it for poor people and foreigners in your country. I am the Lord your God. Now, I want you to hear this as I finish. This command confirms the importance of work. God does not tell the people to harvest everything and then simply give food to the poor. He said, leave enough of the grain to allow the poor to work for themselves. Work has a way of giving us a sense of purpose. Work has a way of giving us a sense of productivity. Work has a a way of giving us a sense of dignity. So let's work and work hard. You may not possess many possessions, but if you possess a good work ethic, then you are positioning yourself for a breakthrough. I want to repeat that. You may not possess many possessions, But if you possess a good work ethic, you are positioning yourself for a a breakthrough. And possessions will follow. Possessions always follow. When we have a good work ethic, possessions always follow. Come on, is that a good practical word for you today? Come on, can we receive that? Can we lay hold upon that today? I decree over your life, you're hardworking. I love the Kenyan passion. Kenyans are hard, hard workers. This is why many Kenyans you find in so many nations of the world, working, working, working. And I believe the church of Jesus Christ should lead the way and set the example. And that others can look just like we look at Ruth from daybreak she's been on her feet as I believe there are some of you here today you you just really are frustrated you're finding yourself in your situation where work is concerned as I was praying I really felt that I wanted to just take a moment as we finish today and minister to you as a believer to you as a Christian seeking to set the example out in the business world, seeking to set the example out in the marketplace. And you're finding yourself very frustrated in the situation and it's somehow affecting you. You're finding some challenges that you don't feel you have the capacity to deal with. I want to pray for you right now. 
You need some answers in your working situation and where you are right now. And you see the barley field is full of harvest, but you're so frustrated. You see everything is around you and others who seem to be really, really elevated and really, really advancing, but yourself, you just feel stuck. I love how the Spirit of God is just so faithful. Come on, there's strength for you today. God has His hand upon you. God took this dear soul from that barley field, taking a few grains and brought her into a place where her name is listed in the lineage of the Messiah. Don't grow weary in doing well, for God is faithful who called you. God is faithful who placed you. God is faithful who dropped that creative idea in your heart and your mind. God is faithful and will not leave you helpless, but is able to make a way where there seems to be no way. So, Father, right now, in the name of Jesus, Lord, in this, our year of breakthrough, I'm praying and agreeing and we're joining together as the family of God right now for supernatural breakthrough. Bring strength to the weary. Bring hope to the situation, my Father. Let every man and woman whose hand is raised rise up in the name of Jesus because you are our Boaz. Jesus, you are our Boaz. You are the owner of the field. And you take notice of us, Father, even in those days where we're walking and working in the toil of the day. God, we thank you that you are our kinsman redeemer. You are our Father, O Lord, and you've lifted us up. And I thank you today for ministry to every individual right now in the name of Jesus. And we receive your strength. We receive the help of the Holy Spirit. We receive those answers in our heart that we need right now. We receive the ability, oh God, the grace to continue to hold our course and not be moved. And Father, we thank you that you're doing exceeding abundantly above all that we can ask or think. And we give you the praise and the glory. In Jesus' name, we take authority over every work of discouragement. And God, we give you the praise and the glory. Our breakthrough comes. My breakthrough comes in Jesus' name. Come on, give Him glory today, church. Give Him honor today. We're with you, family. We stand together as a family. How many of you are believing God for employment right now? You really are believing God for employment. You need employment. Father, in the name of Jesus, every individual, Lord, I thank you that you're opening doors for them. I thank you that they're getting up, Lord, filling out applications, that they're being diligent, Lord, in the name of Jesus. Lord, that you go before them, you give them favor. I decree even this week, Lord, open doors for them, open doors. Father, we thank you that these are men and women with a good work ethic, ready to give a full day, a full week, a full month of work, oh God, and not hold back and not slack. Work hard and set the example in the workplace. Father, thank you for their breakthrough coming in the name of Jesus. Thank you for their provision coming, oh God. Don't be like the person, someone asked him, he was unemployed, someone asked him, 
Are you looking for work? He said, no, but I would like a job. Come on, let's not have that kind of attitude right now. We are hardworking people. Come on, we're ready to give a, we're ready to give a work and work well in the name of Jesus. And we stand with you today for God's provision. God bless you. Have an amazing week.